1: Forward. When I keep looking backward, I'm just standing still. How can I fight this Have I not my lesson? Maybe
2: I never
4: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. You can call me Scheisty Jeff with my George Pickens mask on. That's right. I'm a man of my word. Joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? Man, I wish you were
3: not a man of your word because (laughs) I can't look (laughs) at that without laughing like crazy. And here's the thing. If people find out, they're going to be like, hey, we don't need to download it. Let's go look at it on YouTube. As the podcast producer, you're killing me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And Dave Schofield, what's going on, Dave? Uh, I'll I'll
5: just say this. You really don't want to see this. So therefore, you know, I encourage the the downloading of the, of the audio podcast uh, from this coming out. But of course, you know, we have our loyal um, both face Facebook live and YouTube chat folks. So it's very nice to be with you all tonight.
4: Yes, for sure. Um, outside of my apparel for the evening, we were just talking before we came on the air about how what's coming up for the Steelers in terms of organized team activities. And honestly, no one knows. Uh, the Steelers official website has multiple dates for many mini-, mini camp. It used to be that there was a whole full week of OTAs next week, which was four workouts, which would make 10, which is what they're supposed to have. And then after that was three days of mini camp. And now uh, the website saying it's next week, we're trying to give you the most accurate information we can, but we're not getting accurate information either. So we're going to try to get down to the bottom of this. But either way, OTAs, the second week, is done. Six workouts in the books. That's not what everyone's talking about, though, right now. And unfortunately, our uh, Curtain Call podcast last night had a great guest on talking about our Memphis Tiger, Calvin Austin third. Highly recommend you check that out, especially on the audio side. But still, they didn't really get to dive in too much on the Stefan Tuitt retirement. None of us on this podcast right now, I've had a show since it was official that Stefan Tuit has retired. And I know Dave did kind of predict this on the Scobro show on Tuesday, where he talked about June 1st and what that could mean. I just want to get your knee jerk reaction. I love doing this. We do this in post game shows all the time. I'll start with you, Brian, when you got the news on Wednesday that, Oh my gosh, our Slack channel breaking news, Stefan Tuit has officially retired
3: from the NFL. What was your reaction? It's like, okay, now we know we could move forward and a lot of people are saying that all right so demarvin Leal makes a lot more sense and that's i'm sure that's something we're definitely going to be talking about especially if you see the title here but for me it's like no i think they knew this all along
4: dave th- this is interesting because brian said he thinks they knew this all along the little bits and pieces have been coming out. Dave, what are your thoughts? So what was your knee jerk reaction? We'll get that, but we'll get back to that.
5: My knee jerk reaction was please say, I didn't (laughs) speak this into existence because I had thought for a long time. I'm like, (laughs) no one wants to say anything about Stephon to it. He hasn't come back June 1st. Is that date out there that's looming? I refuse to say anything about it. I wouldn't even say it our Slack channel, didn't say. And finally, I'm just like, you know what? It's the night before. I won't have to answer a bunch of questions about it. I'll go ahead and put it out there. And I said it on Scobro show that I about how the following day was a big date because everything changes. If you want to know how that all breaks down, I broke it all down on the Stat Geek podcast this morning. Um, with, uh, with the, with the salary cap and everything else answered Jeff's question about the salary cap. And, um, and it's also on the article behind the steel lays it out there. Um, I will have to say, I'm, I'm going to kind of put this all together right now. I'm kind of frustrated with, with this, with Steelers.com because you get one article that says that they have mini camp the, the week after next after 10 OTAs, you get a different article that says only six OTAs with minicamp next week by the same person. And then poor Bob Labriola. I don't, some people don't care much for Bob Labriola. He's been with the team forever. I like Bob Labriola and I I enjoy his asked and answered column, even when he gets stuff wrong, but boy, oh boy, did he screw up the Stefan to it Um, contract salary cap implications when he tried to address that question. Uh, on Thursday it it was it was not good at all so not always getting the best information from there right now and the one thing that he did tell us in that column is I can finally stop complaining that apparently on Monday we'll find out the training camp dates which is something I've been waiting for for a while as well. Back to Stefan Tuitz sorry I went off on a little rant is I, I'm with Brian although some of the some of the beat reporters for the Steelers like there's no way they saw this coming. But we've got hindsight now. He sold his house. He hadn't come for anything. The Steelers drafted the position higher than they have for a long time. I don't know why Jerry Dulock says, why didn't they address this position at the top of the draft? To me, day two is at the top of the draft. Um, with with all those things considered, it, it maybe he didn't make the definite decision, but they knew it was a possibility and said, hey, wait till June and then make your decision. That might've been what they said, but even Cam Hayward today said that
4: he knew it was a possibility. He just hoped was hoping that it didn't happen. He, so <laughs> I've, I had literally spent time before we went on the air watching the Steelers live media sessions of Cam Hayward, Isaiah Loudermilk, mm-hmm. Tyson, Alawalu. And I'll tell you what, if Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan and Art Rooney, the second knew then these players didn't know they knew they said they they knew it was a 50-50 Tyson Olivaulu said that the last he had talked to him was that he was going to show up he was going to be here and then all of a sudden they said something happened change of heart I don't know but he decided to retire and it really feels like this is one of those situations where They were kind of blindsided by it because if Mike Tomlin knew about it, I feel like Mike Tomlin would have said to the team, Hey guys, look, I talked to Stefan. You're probably going to hear from him, but I want you to know he's not coming back. He's going to retire. And I just, I, I just don't think they knew. And I went back and this is for my let's ride podcast on Friday. I went back every single transcript that was released from the Steelers. And I looked at every single time that Kevin Colbert or Mike Tomlin spoke Every single flipping quote, and I put it all together. There was n- there was nothing in any of those quotes that they provided. They gave even an inkling that they had an idea that this could be the end result. Yeah, they could have known. Maybe he won't come back right away. We're not sure what his health is, but I don't know. I don't think like the whole thought of the Steelers knew this was coming. Yeah, they could have had the whole. Um, he sold his house, but people sell their house all the time, and they just get another one. Um, it, there were some inklings, but the quotes don't—they don't—they don't align to me. Dave, what were you going to say?
5: I—I oh, I feel like I'm not giving Brian a chance to say anything. But could they? If—if if it was a possibility, there was no way they could give that inkling. If—if if there was any chance he could come back. Because then if he's not performing, what's everyone going to say? Oh, his heart wasn't really into it, and they convinced him to come back. If if this, this being a possibility at all, they couldn't let this get out. They could not let any it, it even be thought about that he was considering retirement unless he actually retired. But that's my opinion. And I will say one thing, Jeff. Um, When, when we did our 53-man roster, who was kind of leery of counting – Stefan to is uh, you coming were. back.
4: You were for sure.
5: This was always in the back of my head that I, I was hoping that June 1st came and we didn't hear anything because I had a feeling if it was going to happen, that's the day it was going to be.
4: Brian, what are your thoughts on whether the Steelers knew or not prior to this actually
3: happening? Well, first off, I thought he was coming back. I, I was listening to everything and I, I like how Kim Hayward said today is like, well, if, if you want to call me a liar, you can call me a liar. I just, this mm-hmm. is what I was hoping for. I, you know, the reason I think that they knew, and this is, this is a small little limb that I'm going to go out. It's thin, but I'm going to compare it to something that it's not the same, but think about it this way. It's like HIPAA. Okay. He goes to the organization. He says, I might be 70, 30 coming back. I might be 60, 40 coming back, but I want to, to keep this between us so when you you don't disclose that stuff to the other players because he's an employee i cannot go to i cannot disclose information that i talked with talked about with one of my podcasters that is you know thinking of leaving and tell everybody else whoa he's thinking of leaving he's talking about this he doesn't know i can't do that not that i have that going on but if they disclose <laughs> something to me or if somebody discloses something to Jeff or Dave, you know, let's, Hey, I'm thinking about this. You can't, we can't go to the group and tell them that because it's the same type of business. Um, so if something's going on like that, they can't disclose those conversations that Stefan do what's happened with them. So a lot, you know, I saw some people come up with, now this makes the, the DeMarvin Layal pick make a whole lot more sense I I kind of thought they were going to uh, pick a guy like that pretty high because we talked about that at the beginning. I mean, a lot of people thought they were going with Devontae Wyatt. You know, a lot of people thought they were going to go in that direction, go pretty high with a defensive lineman. And like Dave said, third round's high. A lot of people had a a, uh, third round grade, a first round grade on Leal. If he wasn't smoking weed in December and getting busted with it, he could have been a first round. You know, that is that's one of those situations where he could have been picked a lot higher, too. The guy has talent, and I know we'll be talking about him later, but I really feel that they they felt that this was one of those situations where it was more likely than not that Stefan Tuet was gonna hang it up because they I guarantee you they've had conversations all along.
4: So my major reaction was this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's like oh well they're good. no my first reaction was that my, my phone goes off i'm at work my other job and i look and I'm like well this sucks it sucks it sucks all the way around because we're fans of the steelers we wish him nothing but the best but i will say this he did the steelers a solid he waited till june 1st dave talked about that in his podcast wrote the article helps the steelers out financially right dave yeah, I mean the
5: the money is all going to come due because that was the other right. thing I addressed. That you know you don't pay a player money and it never count on the salary cap unless it's a veteran salary benefit, which is a whole different story. Yeah. Um, but people have to remember, Stefan it's not collecting another. Dime from the Steelers. This was all money that had already been paid that they've pushed into the future. Now it can go into both this year and next year. Now, does it mean the Steelers need to spend that money? They might keep that money and roll it over to pay for next year when it's there. But that but that amount I'm pretty sure was 4.755, if I remember correctly. That amount that's going to be in 2023 is the same amount that was going to be in dead money in 2023 if Stephon it played this year and then didn't sign a new contract because that was just from the void years that they added last year. So it's it, it gives them a little bit more cap relief now. But at the same time, if they decide they want to roll it to just kind of cover it, I get it. But they have a lot of options. But the other thing is, as everyone that was saying, not everyone saying this, but the people that were saying Oh well, why was he well, he held him hostage for so long? It would have been nice to know this before the draft or free agency. The Steelers still could have done that stuff with the draft or free agency. They still had the money if they knew he was retiring. And even though that money wasn't going to be freed up till June first, they're still sitting with twelve million dollars of what's going to be going in more than what they're getting. Gaining from Stefan to it, that they could have they could have used their salary cap money down lower. Now, granted, they still got to sign Kenny Pickett, which is going to take a little bit out of that. But the but they, they could have spent that money then and know that this was coming June 1st. So it's not, and some people are like, oh, a day after um, what's his name? I can't remember what Hicks signed with, with Tampa. Yeah. They, they could have signed him a week ago, and if they if they knew this was coming. And that's the one thing that makes me think, well, maybe they didn't. Or maybe they didn't want to tip their hand. Or maybe they already realized that they have a lot of players in this position group. That the only way you really bring somebody in is if you are going to have a significant upgrade.
4: Well, I think the other way that Stefan it outside of the June 1st designation type deal is that he did the Steelers a solid is he didn't do them the way Vince Williams did them last year.
1: Oh, that is on <laughs> the
4: eve of training camp. You say, oh, hey, guys, by the way, I'm not coming in. I'm done. And now all of a sudden the Steelers are sitting there thinking, wait, what? What are we going to do? Like, there's no one on the market that's a, a huge. The, you were the guy that we wanted in the middle next to Devin Bush. They have to go for Joe Schobert. At least he gives them time to even entertain bringing in an outside player, something they did not have last year when Vince Williams bolted right before training camp. So let me ask you all this, Brian, we'll start with you. If you are Omar Khan in this, let's keep in mind that this is Omar Khan. Now, this is not Kevin Colbert. This is his first big situation that he has to deal with. Are you looking at an outside player or are you saying, I'm going to, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to see what we have and see how it plays out. How are you, if you are Omar Khan, playing your hand
3: right now? Dave brought up Akeem Nicks, or Hicks. Um, <laughs> I mixed those up. There was a Hakeem Nicks. Um, he brought up Hicks. A buddy of mine said, you know, well, if they would have known this yesterday, they, they could have signed him before Tampa did. No, I, I don't think they would have. I really actually think that they should not do anything right now. And everybody, all my friends... And people were telling me, well, they need to go look at this guy. They need to go look at this guy. First of all, if he's available on June 1st, there's a reason he's on that clearance rack. There's a reason that man is there. And when you look at what they have and what they put together, it's true. They could get into a situation where they're screwed if somebody goes down like Tyson did in week two last year and not having to it back at all. But Dave keeps bringing this up, and I love that he says this. Kevin Colbert was saying it. Everybody talks about Chris Wormley being there. Chris Wormley was very good against the run. He's expected to be the starter. Chris Wormley said today, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm that guy. There's no reason I'm not that guy. So you have the three starters already. You're not. It's not like you're replacing a starter that was there last year because he wasn't. It was just a guy that was missing last year and the guy that held down the fort did pretty well, did well against the run. And I know we're going to hear it. I'm not live chat. I'm not even looking your way right now. All I'm going to say is, you know, I know they struggled against the run but it wasn't because of Chris Wormley. Chris Wormley was decent against the run. Chris Wormley wasn't the pass rusher. He didn't get to the quarterback, but he did well against the run. So, I'm looking at these guys. I mean, there's a few guys that look pretty good. Of course, I'd love to see Donkey Kong Sue. I mean, that would be awesome to see a guy like that in there. But he's 35 years old. And you've got an aging line already. When you invest a fourth-round pick and a fifth-round pick in an Isaiah Loudermilk and you say that this guy's coming on, then you got to feel pretty good about that. When you have him on Travis Adams that you brought back for another year and everybody was very high on – there's another guy there. Those two don't have to start. When you draft a Marvin Leal in the third round, and he could be a possible starter in the future, then that's guy number six. You're likely not keeping seven. The Davises might not make this team. That's eight. That's uh, seven and number seven and number eight now. You know, so there's a lot of guys on that offensive, defensive line. Why really bring another one in?
4: It's a great point. It's a very valid point. And I do want to make something noticeable. You kind of mixed up Loudermilk and Wormley. Loudermilk good against the run, no pass rush. Wormley's the opposite. Can't stop the run, set career highs in sacks and tackles for losses last season. And I think Jeffrey Benedict said it best. If you could put the two together, you'd have one heck of a starting defensive lineman. <laughs> but otherwise, you just want them to be there as like rotational pieces, which is something that you want to have, but you want to have that starter. You bring up valid points, but Dave, I'm going
3: to throw it over to you. Omar Before Khan. you do that, oh, sure. I'm going to, sorry, I'm getting fired up here because uh, I did look at the live chat. Oh, I'm just going to say one thing. I know you hate <laughs> when I do this. Look, yes, I look at these guys. I watch these guys too. Just because you have an opinion of a guy, I have a different opinion. Look, you cannot have 11 all-stars. You cannot have 11 pro bowlers. You need pieces of the puzzle. Wormley is worth having in there. Case in point, done.
4: Yeah. No, Wormley is – I think he's a great rotational piece. I'm not sold if Wormley is a full-time starter, which begs the question, though, is Tyson Alawalu, how old is he, 35? Yes. Yeah, I, I, no, I think it's 34. Okay. I think okay, he just so turned he's, – he's one
5: year older than Cam Hayward. Is – I'm pretty sure Cam's 33, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah. If Alawalu and Hayward, if they can stay healthy – are, your, are, they, are they your starters? And then you have like Montrevious Adams in the middle, in which case you could live with that. And then mm-hmm. Wormley becomes a rotational piece. Loudermilk becomes a rotational piece. That's different altogether. Valid points nonetheless, Brian, especially with adding another player to an already. It's a bloated room anyways, but Dave, I'm going to ask you the question I asked Brian. If you're Omar Khan, your first big, concern you got to deal with how are you handling the situation
5: okay well i'm i'm going to answer this by kind of addressing some of the stuff that brian was i liked his notion of saying not right that doesn't mean that you don't add to it but you don't have to right now because you might also want to see some other things which i'll get to in a second because the the um the Jeffrey Benedict and I did our Steelers Vertex this week on Chris Wormley. That was set, and half of that article was written before the Stefan toit retirement. Once again, that was where I had it in the back of my head because he might be coming in as someone who's important. What we were able to look at there is he's, he's, a, he's good on the pass rush when it comes to mop-up duty. It's not like he's going to blow by someone and beat everyone else to the quarterback. You know, as we said before, how many times did Alex Highsmith not get a sack last year because T.J. Watt beat him there? Wormley's not going to be a guy that beats somebody there, but he's going to be a guy that if you make the quarterback step up in the pocket, he's going to, to, to be there containing enough that he can clean it up. And he was able to do that a good bit last year. He's at, he's also a player that is good against the outside zone run, because when the offensive line is trying to stretch wide, Jeffrey said, showed some really great clips that that was something that he could do and he could and he could get off them. but but the problem is when you just need him to anchor, he is not an anchor. He is easily moved, not not even necessarily driven back, but some of these with Jeffrey was showing where he's just collapsed into the pile to create a big lane um in in the running game. But then he's you know he shows Isaiah Loudermilk and how he's doing a good job, but he doesn't offer much in the pass rush. But that just goes to show you that you have some of these pieces. You have a DeMarvin Leal. Am I saying it right? Leal? I say Leal. 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 Okay, I'm not sure. But then again, I mean, even Cam Hayward is a first-round draft pick didn't get much playing time his first couple of years. So to me, I also look at the layout pick as being, hey, we have some aging guys on this defensive line. Let's, have, let's get a high pick in here that we don't have to play right away. Well, that kind of might be changing that up some. But the reason that I say you can wait, it's twofold. The reason I think that it's twofold is, one, you might need to see exactly what, what you need. What happens? I mean, Cam Hayward's Cam Hayward. You're going to assume that Cam Hayward is Cam Hayward until Cam Hayward starts to decline. I'm not going to believe he's ever going to do it until we actually see it happening so I'm still I'm still saying Cam Hayward, check. Now, some people say that, oh, well, if, if you lose Cam Hayward, you, do you really have an answer? How do you have an answer when you lose an all-pro player? You don't. If the Steelers lose TJ Watt, if they lose Mickey Fitzpatrick, you're not going to have a great answer. That's why you have all-pro players, because they're not easily replaceable. If the Steelers are running their two-man front a lot, as Jeffrey Bennett talked about in another article that he had on the website today, you've got Alu-Alu, And Cam Hayward. Then the question is between Montrevis Adams, maybe it knows between Wormley or Loudermilk or Layout. You've got options. If one of those guys really steps up big in training camp and you've already brought in somebody else, then you've got to say okay we got to figure this out now they rotate these guys so it's not like the offensive line where the guys are out there for 100% of the snaps and you have got to try to figure out how you're you know you can't really work them all in together but you might have a better idea of exactly what you want out of another player not even just just in the free agent market the steelers still made a trade last year in, in training camp they made a, a trade during a preseason game they still have those kind of options. And the reason I think those options become better is when other teams realize that they have more at a position group than what they expected, and then some of these other guys become expendable. So they don't have to rush. They don't don't have to to rush to to get somebody before he's gone. You still want to kick the tires now, but you don't have to jump in and make that decision right now because it might be better. You might have a better option later that you won't have an option with if you jump on it too soon.
4: But Dave, I have no <laughs> kind of went off a little bit. <laughs> That's fine. You you bring up like waiting and I get it. I understand that they made a trade last year and they got Joe Schobert. What did we always say though? And what did the coaches say? He's on a, he's trying to get on a moving train. He's behind. Yeah. He's got to you- learn the system, all this stuff. But a- at the same time, it's what,
5: but who did they not say that about Montrevis Adams?
4: Well, but yeah, but you it's know why beast when you're talking about right. the defensive line versus yeah, but he line was back. a nose, he was playing nose. Yeah. And that's when he said, Oh, if you just basically yeah. just stay in your gap. Yeah. He's like, he's <laughs> like, you're playing a gap. Go. You I know? guess My thought is like, if you're going to make a move, you want to make the move sooner rather than later though. If you're like, if you're not sure for making a move, I could see waiting. But if, if Omar Khan's sitting there and he goes, look, we have just over, let's hear. I looked at your article. I wrote it down. Just over $20 million in caps. But they're still going to need 10 for 10 of that. I for the understand season. that. So, yeah. I understand that. But all these players that are available, let me read you some names. Uh Eddie Goldman, Brandon Williams, Nadamik and Sue, Linvald Joseph, Steve McClendon, remember him. Yep. Uh Nick Williams, remember him? Remember him. him? <laughs> <laughs> Larry O, how do you say oh? I'm not asking David. See, and if Ogun- they brought him Ogunjabi, in, like, Ogunjabi, Ogunjabi. I'd be um,
5: fine with that.
4: Malik Jackson, they, Sheldon yeah. Richardson, that star Lou Toulay, whatever wherever it is from Buffalo. Then now, a lot of these guys are banged up. I think it was Larry Ogunjibi that didn't pass a physical with the Bears or something like that. It's a foot injury. And so there's a reason why they are still available. But at the same time, Let's say it's someone like Ned who's not hurt, who played last season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Steve McClendon played for the Tampa Bay Bucks last year as well. I feel like you want to get them in the system, and you want to make sure that hey, we're going to make yeah. this move. We weren't really sure about all this stuff, so let's let's get let's get our ducks in a row now, Brian. What are your thoughts on that?
3: If you want to bring one in, if you really want to uh, bring an old guy in or a guy that's. Uh, <laughs> hurt yeah I mean yeah joby he did fail at physical you know those guys are out there for a reason and a lot of the times when you bring them in now they don't really do an amazing amount of much you know you might see them bringing in a guy you would never heard of like a Montrevis Adams you might might see a guy like that that might fall off uh pull off a truck somewhere around August 27th. That that could be something. But like you mentioned, when you brought in Joe Schobert last year, when you brought in Vance McDonald in 2017, yes, I know he's a tight end. Um, when you bring in any guy, Ryan Switzer, when you bring him that late into camp, it takes those guys so much time to get it together. You just don't jump into a system and learn it right away and do well you need that full camp so you're right if you do something do it now i just don't think uh i just don't think they really need to do it because they have some other guys a lot of people think that that they just have these guys that aren't worth anything but you know to the steelers they're worth something they they spend cap on these guys they uh they spend draft capital on these guys look at the louder situation so uh, i'm reading where where he's never going to start but are we going to give this guy a second camp are we gonna are we going to go ahead and give these guys a chance or i mean are we throwing DeMarvin Leal away right now because he um somebody's mentioning that he's never going to be a starter in this league well i think they know a little bit more than all of us
4: well that's a great transition into the second topic we wanted to discuss. And that is the Steelers third round draft pick out of Texas A&M boy. They've gotten a lot of A&M boys last two years. If you think about it between Dan Moore, buddy Johnson and now Liao. And they also have a pass rusher that was from A&M that made the team, um, as an undrafted rookie for Aiden So anyways, 90 man roster, that's neither here nor there. When they made the pick of Liao, I know what I was thinking. Do you think it was the Steelers maybe saying, like, ah, this might not work out with it, or do you just think he was a good value pick? Dave, we'll start with you. Well, originally I thought it was a good value pick,
5: one. And two, you've got to look at it as saying your your main guys were 33, 34, and if it would have played, 29. I mean, you're – you've got to infuse it somehow. And it's all, if you think they're ready to go right away or if they're not. So it, it's just, it's, it's difficult to, to see exactly how it was. And you could try to read into it with the whole to it situation, but it he's here. He's got an opportunity to come in and get some snaps. So I, I see it as they invested in, in the position because to me, anytime you—it's day one or day two of the draft. I know it wasn't always three days, but what is now day one or day two of the draft? I feel like those are significant positions that you're that you're that you're um you're the the I why did I lose my word <laughs> that, that you're investing in <laughs> investing? That's are the you, word. Are you okay, investing. Dave? Yeah. Are you, are you um, in um, duress? No, but at the same time, I also say about how the Steelers don't start their third round picks right away. I've done that with numbers and everything else for a long time, and how out how out of the ordinary it was with Kendra Green last year, even Javon Hargrave. It took him. I mean, he was a he didn't start the first game only because they didn't start with a nose tackle, but he was ready to go. So is is Leal going to be like another third round pick and Javon, Har, Javon Hargrave and ready to contribute right away, or is he going to be a Cam Hayward that takes a couple of years until he really gets into it? That's ultimately going to be the big question.
4: Brian, I'll throw it over to you and to your thoughts on the Liao so- selection in the third round, day two. What, what were your thoughts when it happened?
3: My thoughts were, I don't know too much about this guy, so I better read and find out a whole lot about him really quick. And what I read, I thought he was a good value pick, like Dave just mentioned. I thought the fact that we had we had national guys having him in, in their first round. I mean, as late as mid April, they were in, they were, uh, they were picked to be a first round. They were at least mocked to be, he was at least mocked to be a first rounder, you know? So you had a guy who had a potential, um, but you know, a lot of, I guess if you want to call them character issues or what you want to call them, but, uh, when you do have an arrest for, uh, for marijuana in December, that's that's going to do a, that's going to go ahead and put a big target on you too. That's also going to drop you in the draft. You know, guys drop in drafts, guys skyrocket. I mean, look at New England. New England took Cole Strange, and no one expected him to be a first round pick. Really, I, a lot of people thought he was going to be a second rounder, uh, but quite possibly a third rounder. But when I saw De Marvin Leal and when I looked into looked at him on tape, I'm thinking this guy looks like he can be a future starter on this line. And as long as I've been watching, there's not a lot of guys that have made impact their first year. Even I mean, I was listening to your show the other day on Let's Ride, Jeff, and your, the question to you was, what did you think of T.J. Watt when he was drafted? and you noticed as he went on and on in that season and he was keeping James Harrison on the bench that he was going to have some – he was going to be something special. That's when you realized he was something special. These guys have to – they have to gel. They have to grow into a system. They're coming into the professional ranks, and a lot of defenders don't really gel right away. If this was a Dick LeBeau coach defense – you hardly see these guys until year two. We saw that with Troy Polamalu. A lot of people were throwing out that B word with Troy Polamalu because they just didn't see him. We revere Cam Hayward today. A lot of people thought that was a joke of a pick, and a lot of people thought that that pick wasn't going to work out because even in year number two, he was really not – he did not command the attention on the defensive line. He was not the number one guy for a while. It took him a while to be the man he is now. I'm giving Demarvin Le- Leal plenty of time to get in there, but to answer the question that that you said right that you asked right away, this guy is coming. Was drafted one because he was a value, but two they they foresaw the future and they thought that well he could be a starter for these guys that are getting really old.
4: When Leal was selected by the Steelers, I thought it was an insurance policy. You mm-hmm.
3: know, if, if
4: to, it comes back, that's great. We have that youth that Dave talked about, that injection of youth that you need in the defensive line. If he doesn't come back, well, we might be able to get something here, but I'm going to bring something else up. If there's two people that are on the BTSC staff that I trust more than anyone else, when it comes to talking about the minutia and the X's and O's of the game, it is, Number one, Kevin Smith, and number two, Jeffrey Benedict. And when I listen to those guys talk about two players in particular, Carlos Davis and Isaiah Loudermilk, when they were drafted, both of them did film rooms for the website. And I always laugh because Jeffrey Benedict's film room, when he was just jokingly starting his draft in the queue said (laughs) – Carlos Davis sucks at football. And then
5: what <laughs> no, it sucks here was it's not good at football. Yeah, it was hilarious.
4: One. But still, I, I was like, man, that's horrible. I know it's a seventh round pick, but they drafted a guy that he's labeling as just bad at football. How do you do that? And then he talked about how from that time that he was drafted until the Steelers' defensive line staff, whether it's Coach Mitchell, whether it's Coach Dunbar, whether it's the other teammates helping them out. Totally changed his game. He lowered his pad level. He started to show the athleticism and suddenly he was actually a contributing member as a rookie. You know he was banged up last year. And then when I hear Kevin Smith talk about doing the film room for louder milk last year, and he said, this guy stinks. I mean, he's getting pushed all over the field. And what happens? He goes to Pittsburgh, Dunbar, Mitchell Hayward. They start working with him. And all of a sudden when he was thrust into the lineup way earlier than we thought, He's actually playing. He's actually contributing. That tells me that if Leal is one of those guys that is viewed as quote unquote raw, a prospect, a project, I trust if there's one position that, in terms of coaches, that I trust they can turn that and mold that into something, it's on the defensive line. And so if Liao is that type of player, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know and that I've watched film. I have not, I don't have time for that. Are you serious? I trust KT Smith, Jeffrey Benedict and what they say. And they like the pick. I like the pick. We'll see how it plays out. He might be thrust into a role. Like, like Loudermilk was last year that he was not expecting. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I don't think Liao would ever Cause them to, unless he literally just breaks out in camp and looks awesome. But as of right now, he's not going to be the guy that's saying, we don't need to pick up anyone because of him, but doesn't mean he can't pan out and be a really good player. So we got to keep that in mind. Now I want to ask you all one more question. And this is kind of away from Liao, but it's still directed, uh, connected to, to it before we get to trivia. So the Steelers do have that 20 little over $20 million in cap space now. And I know the 10 million is going to go to the rookies and all that stuff. And then oh, you don't no. want to the, oh, the injuries, practice squad, oh, the practice squad yeah. Um, yeah, all the other stuff, all the other stuff. So they had, still, would there be a position and or a player that you would say that's not defensive line? You're like, you know what? The Steelers have freed up some space. What if they went out and got that position? It's not defensive line, but maybe it's another position. Is there a position that you're thinking about that could be that could answer that question? And if so, what is it? Dave, what do you think?
5: Ooh, a couple possibilities. Um, that's a, that's really difficult. See, because to me, the obvious one would be everyone's going to jump and say, Oh, offensive tackle is one. The problem with offensive tackle is they play the whole time, you don't rotate them in, right? So if Dan Moore takes a jump in year two, then the question is, are you is the guy you just paid in Chooks is the 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 guy you want to develop in Dan Moore or the person you go out and sign? One of those isn't going to play, so that makes that one difficult. Well, and also so, who's
4: available?
5: Exactly, like, are there true. any good tackles oh, oh, on the market oh, right what's now? What's his name? Fisher. The, 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 the Fisher. I, I, I know it was with an F. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's out there that you could look at that. But once again, are you better off seeing? what you have. And I know you said, Oh, well, it's tough to get on that moving train. What they picked up Trey Turner last year following minicamp, And even he was saying being picked up in June, how it was, how far he was already behind. So no matter what, if you do it in June or in August, they're still going to be behind that if you would have had them in March, but that's what you're dealing with now. Um, that's why I'm saying is it is from June to August enough of a difference to really, to, to, to really matter there, but I'll say offensive tackle. I know there's another one out there, but I don't want to take all the answers to
2: Brian.
3: Brian, go ahead. I have two here, but the (laughs) obvious one is cornerback. I know it's uh, I mean, that's just, that's just a group that you think you have something good with you think yeah. You like the idea of Levi Wallace on one side. You like the idea of having, having a uh, cam set in there. Yeah. I mean, you kept a Witherspoon for a reason, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, they've got too many number twos, no number ones. I think if the Steelers do anything, they have a conversation with Joe Hayden and say, Hey, uh, we have we have a couple dollars in the couch cushions here for you i mean we're not you're not going to get uh big time signing money but if you want to come back you can you know so i i could i could see that really happening the one position that that i'm going to say is running back yeah i i want to see i want to see somebody in there to uh heck i know he just retired today i want a frank gore type i want somebody (laughs) i mean Heck, I, he's 60 years old, but give Adrian Peterson some money. I mean, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Just have somebody there so you don't run the wheels off of your superstar. And yeah, I doubt that's gonna happen. We had a lengthy conversation about this last week. On uh, you know, does Najee Harris need all those carries? Does he need so much? You know, I, I would just love to have the insurance policy there at running back, too.
4: Yeah, I mean you guys basically took the big three. Uh, yeah. when you talk yeah. about offensive tackle, see Brock took
5: and two and didn't leave the and last one for okay. you. That's, that's fine, that now.
4: That's fine. I'll sum it up. Can, can, I mean I'll, I'll just they, say and I'd
5: like to comment on his two after you sum it up.
4: I was gonna say that they could also just say because I still, for the life of me, don't think they're gonna add a running back unless there's an mm-hmm. injury. I think they're gonna go in with the season with possibly, you know, they're gonna go in with Harris, Snell, McFarland, and maybe someone else that they impress. Other than that, and that's just running backs, not fullbacks, H-backs, stuff like that. Um, Cornerback, how much is it going to cost? You know, There's some players out there, but how much is it going to cost and will they play? How do they fit? Uh, Offensive tackle, we talked about that. Really, is it worth it? So they could also just say, you know what? Rolling it over, man. Let's create some more space for next year. That's an option as well. They can use that money next year for multiple reasons. Dave, you wanted to comment on this? Go ahead.
5: Well, because, you know, kind of how we said the offensive tackle, the thing with corner is if you don't like that the Steelers have a number one, if you're going to get another one, it's got to be a number one. And the question is, is there one out there, one? And two, how much do they cost? Which Jeff brought up. Because do you really want to – pay for someone that then if they don't work out, you're putting all that money into it. And if you're trying to not have to invest as much money in it, are they really an improvement with the, with what you have now, when it comes to the backup running back, I kind of like waiting on this one as well, because if you have an established veteran guy, that's still not with the team come late July, early August, I think they'll understand the role that the Steelers want them in more than if you pick them up in March that it's that it's hey, you're coming in, you, there might be games you don't get a carry because we're gonna run we're gonna run Najee. You know, it might be a Le, a Blunt situation. But when you're talking about a veteran like that that's still not on a team by that point, they're going to have a much better understanding and appreciation for what they would bring to the table um and and be more comfortable with that role than they would otherwise, in my opinion.
4: Trying to avoid the Legarrette Blunt slash Melvin Ingram situation. That's yes. what they're trying to avoid. Yes. Yeah. All right. Very good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Dave, you have trivia. Yes.
5: Yes, I do. Well, we were talking defensively. Oh, and I can, can before we do, I, I do want to clarify something. I want to give Bad some props because he he was talking about. I I'd always said you know there are some people that even even by the by the first of February that they still had. Um, DeMarvin Leal going in the first round bad said April. I'm like, is it April? So I went to my website that I get a whole big breakdown of a bunch of different mock drafts. He was spot on. There were people the day or two before the draft with, with DeMarvin Leal because of his athleticism, thinking a team might take a flyer on him drafted in the first round. And they weren't just all rinky dink sites either. On the Tuesday before the draft, both the draft network and NBC Sports had Leal going in the first round. Mike Florio had Leal going 23rd overall to the Arizona Cardinals. So now he didn't. So the question is: well, maybe that just shows he doesn't know what he's talking about, which very well could be. But you know. There was also people that had, had Malik Willis going second overall. Oh, don't bring that guy <laughs> up. Andrew Wilbar is going to in
4: somewhere somehow. No one wants to. He's hear not it.
5: even in live chat. You know, not yet. A, he heard Malik
3: Willis in his it's ear. It's like shrug. a bat signal. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: sorry. someone gets Malik,
5: the Malik. Malik, Malik. <laughs> Side note, side note. You guys know how much I like to quote and how much I really appreciated the show, how I met your mother. In the last season, when it was Barney and Robin's wedding and everything going on, they said that it didn't matter where you were. If you said the name Mandy Patinkin, all the old people would just swarm. So it was that whisper, (laughs) Mandy Patinkin. See, that's that's what it's going to be now with with Andrew Wilbar. All you have to do is Malik Willis, and he's just going (laughs) to fuck to it.
4: And you so. just going to show up.
5: <laughs> a- <laughs> yep. All right. So, so you're ready for some trivia. Hey, we're, we're going defensive line. We're going defensive yeah. line. We're going draft. Now I had to actually look this up because I kept saying to myself, Kev, they say Kevin Colbert's contract runs through the draft. Did Kevin Colbert actually get hired before the 2000 draft? Yes, he did. He was hired in February. So that was something I should have just asked bad. He would have known the answer to that, but I did actually look it up just to make sure. So 22, sorry, 23 drafts with Kevin Colbert. How many of those drafts did the Steelers not draft a defensive lineman at any point? At any point. Yeah. Out of 23, how many of them do you think they didn't draft a defensive lineman? That's going through him in his head. Don't worry, I'm going to ask you then years after that.
3: I'll so. take a quarter of them, so let's just round it up. Let's say six. Okay, I was going to say four.
5: Well, if it's closer without going over, you both lose because the answer is three. Oh, they only went three drafts in 23 years without taking someone on the defensive line. Do you know what years those were?
4: Have the tab off of the Steelers' draft history. But I'm not. So do watch. I yeah. because I used it. Yeah, because I used it
5: to do this. Where 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 do you have that? Do you have that on uh on on pro, pro football, football reference? reference yeah. yeah, I have that too. I uh, love that.
4: I love that page. So, did they did they draft one in 2020? Yes. Uh, yes, Davis. they did.
3: Davis. So I'm going to go. I, I I I'm going to say 19. 2019 might be one of them.
5: 2019, hold on, because uh, I want to I tell you which players they were. 2019, they drafted Isaiah Bugs.
3: Ah, okay. From Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then 18 was Frazier. Yes. Also from- down down, yeah. goes, Frazier. down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. So that means you're getting close. So it's got to be 17. 2017, they did not.
5: One of the other two years is pretty simple, and I'll give you hints because they hardly drafted any players. Two
3: thousand four, not two thousand four. They
5: drafted two thousand
3: two. Then they had five picks. No, no, two thousand three, they, they had five. Three picks. And six. six.
5: thousand three, they only had five picks because they, they traded, traded up for
3: to
4: Troy. Get Troy,
5: and they did not take um uh, uh, They did not take a defensive lineman because they took a linebacker and a defensive back. They did not take a defensive lineman um, in 2003. So you got 2003, 2017, and the other one falls in the middle. I'm going to go 2008. You are correct. It is 2008. So that means they, in 20 drafts, they drafted a defensive lineman, which is crazy, but, but, okay. What's so funny. what did I do?
3: <laughs> not you. Uh, okay. Okay. Terry, Terry asked if it was Fraser from television. <laughs> no,
5: down goes um, um, because Brian doesn't have trivia tonight, I'll extend this question. Then I started to look at the day one or two picks. Out of them, they ha- how many of them do you think they they took a defensive lineman? How many times?
3: Day one? Did you say day, day one,
5: one or two? two? So rounds one, two, or three under Colbert. So since two thousand, because you could probably name them. If you want to, you could name them, and I can tell you if you got them all.
3: Well, you definitely have if you're going to go 01 you're going to say Casey Hampton.
5: 01 Casey Hampton. He was in the first round. Yeah. Um if you're for those of you listening in audio form I'm I'm holding up the number of fingers that as we get them. Ziggy Hood
4: was the Ziggy Hood. Round.
5: That was first round OEM. in uh, two, in 2009, A. Yep. A word. Cam, first round in 2011.
4: These said first day round. 1, right? Day 1 or 2?
5: Well, so Leal. those are your three. Those are your three day one guys. Leal, Leal. There's four. How many were there? We didn't figure it out yet. You're supposed oh. to tell me. I'll tell you. Yeah, tell I me can now. tell you if you can keep naming them. There's seven.
3: None of those six. If I'm looking at who are we
5: talking about more than anybody else on the show?
3: Step on
4: to it. Step on to yeah, it. <laughs> it. Yeah, second round. Second round. Yeah, second round.
5: Hmm. And you are missing two different third rounders. Tua was the only second round a defensive lineman drafted under Kevin Colbert. You had three first rounders, a second rounder, and three third rounders. You got Leal. The other one was mentioned tonight at one point.
4: Was it with the free agents? <laughs> no, Hargraves.
5: Javon Hargrave.
4: Javon,
3: yeah.
5: Yep, in 2016. And I and the last one I didn't know if I wouldn't have had it in front of me.
3: Give me the year. 2000. Plexigo went one. Marvell Smith went two. Who they went had
5: two third-round picks, the second of which was Hank Poteet. So we went between Marvell Smith and Hank Poteet.
3: I'm out. I don't know.
5: That would be Kendrick Clancy.
3: Ah, uh, uh, KC, Mississippi State, I think, or or Miss. It was
5: Mississippi. Hold on, let me see. I clicked off Mississippi, Mississippi, Oh Miss.
3: Okay, so
5: there you go. You were the right state, just not with the state. So that that's interesting. So it's it's a position that they invest in often, but they don't always go. High. But if you look at that list, my goodness. You know, of the of the three first rounders, two of the three did a great job. I mean, I'm not saying Ziggy Hood was bad. I'm just saying he's not on the same level as Cam Hayward and Casey Hampton. And the second rounder, when he played, was 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 good. And then the two other third rounders, you got Javon Hargrave on one end, you got Kendrick Clancy, who who didn't start until he left the Steelers after his rookie deal. So We'll see what happens with
3: layout.
4: There you go. All right. Brian, final thoughts. Go for it.
3: All right. I'll be quick here. A lot of people are a little upset about the whole Stefan Tua retirement. Uh, A lot of people are taking it personally, which I don't quite understand. And a lot of people think that the Steelers, if they did know this, that they should be telling us this stuff, that they should be disclosing everything that's going on. I get it. We feel like we're stockholders in the company because we're season ticket holders. or We buy jerseys or we uh, we buy the NFL package or we support the team. And I understand that. But they don't have to tell us anything. In fact, I don't want them telling us stuff. I don't want them disclosing the inner workings of stuff while it's still going on. I don't want that because if we know... Then 31 other general managers know, 31 other organizations know, and you can't do business that way. You've got to do business smart. So don't take it personally when the Steelers don't disclose everything that's going on until it happens, because that would be bad for business.
4: Dave, final thoughts.
5: First of all, I have to say, Brian, I agree with what you just said. I uh, thank you very much for saying it, and I don't, so now I don't have to. What I'm now going to say, I, as much as you know, we talked about the Marvin layout. It, this really has come down to the 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 getting living in a world where Stephon Tuit is no longer an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How much did we talk about so far this offseason? So much of this defense. Really hinges on the return of Steph onto it. It so hinges on the r- return of Steph onto it. Guess what? There is no return of Steph onto it. To me, everything—not everything, but a lot of the defense now hinges on the return and play of Tyson Aloalo. That is going to be a really big factor because if the Steelers are going to have improved defensive line play, then Aloalo needs to come back after the injury at a level close to what he was before he was hurt, which is asking a lot for someone of that age. So it, to, I understand why Steelers fans' confidence is wavering in that because of that whole situation. But that's really what I think is now a, one of the biggest questions going into this season is what can the Steelers get out of Tyson Alala?
4: Find yourself being a little down in the dumps about this whole situation. Maybe not being too optimistic. Do you want a good chuckle? Go to the Steelers Twitter page. Scroll down earlier in the week, closer to the weekend, earlier. Yeah. You got to watch the video they released of Pat Firemuth mic'd up. It is (laughs) hysterical. He and Zach Gentry should just do a show. It would be whether it's him picking on Kenny Pickett about his hair, beating Penn State, talking to Matt Canada about his Website he's telling him he's mic'd up for his own website. It's hysterical. So go check it out. That's just funny. All right. Very good show, gentlemen. And we'll be back for another Steelers preview next week. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. All right. Take it easy, everyone. Go Steelers.
1: When I know that it can never really be the same. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How?
2: 18 plus.